Hey guys, this isn't a Christmas cracker. This is the first ever Boxing Day bonus. I had so much to cut up this year. There was one I couldn't leave out. Jackson, what day is it, buddy? Day 26. So, we move on to Chad. <laughs> Spoilers. Hello! I'm Chad. I run uh, Escape from Wolf Farm, as you all know. Yes, heavy spoiler warnings going forward, because Chad has a child and is a billion years behind on editing. And one of these days, it's just going to go on like a drop spree, and they're just going to drop like six episodes at once. So be prepared, folks. Be prepared. But yes, go. I'm going to immediately use your question on you and have you answer that. So, fire Which away, one? Chad. Which one of my questions? I've asked many questions. Your failure. Your group question. Failure so slash favorite NPC. My biggest failure. My biggest failure probably came near the beginning and not letting both Probably the three of you, I probably put you too far into the deep end right away with the beginning of Ulfam, with the cube and everything like that. With all of you really only ever playing one campaign ever or DMing a campaign, to put you all the way to that and then you all trying out new characters with the fact that besides Virian, who, if you look back and listen to those episodes, is not besides being sparkly and beautiful, not the same character at all, as they were a trident-wielding melee character who wasn't really sure what they were trying to do. We had Alex, who was trying out a barbarian but didn't understand the concept of rage or that you could start tanking stuff at that early, even at that early level because of how well he rolled. And then we had Mr. Willis, who was supposed to be the group healer. And I was so happy that someone in the group, I was like, oh my God, there's no way. Someone actually chose a support class. And Cleric is actually quite great in D&D 5e. But Willis had no intention of actually playing said support class in any form and or fashion. So I feel like that was my biggest mistake is just dropping you into the deep end. And you can see the repercussions of it as you, Alex, basically immediately within two to three episodes had you know switched characters completely. Matt, when given the chance, switched characters as soon as he could. And with Virian, like we kind of, Gary and I talked a lot and we're like the whole time there's been many things that shifted about Virian, but it's always was just Carrie trying to figure out what to play as a warlock and how a warlock actually works in any form or fashion. And the fact that using a trident was not a great decision in any form or fashion. And then thankfully, Caitlin, I do thank you so much for being the rock in the beginning who knew what the fuck was going on. So I could always, you know, lean back towards Caitlin if you guys were, you know, too far in the deep end, like, especially I think back to the warehouse and Caitlin being the only one who knew, oh, fuck, I could actually try and get out of this situation. 
and how that led to then, you know, things changing right away from the beginning. But so that's probably my biggest regret is not giving you guys a little more time, maybe letting you guys breathe up on the top surface world of Haljevic before dropping you right into Ulfam, where the main campaign is going to take place. But it worked out in the end. I think it's all come very far since then. And as for my favorite NPC to play, I think in some ways it does. And I, I know I'm going very nostalgic on all of my answers for these kind of things, but it might go all the way back to Hathi because it was the first NPC that I actually got you to care about as a group. You, as a group, have basically thrown, besides Virian for the one second with Hawkins, like going, all right, no, we don't act, we shouldn't kill him. In general, you've had a general distaste and distrust for any NPC that I have put into this campaign at all. And to get any form of emotional connection between you guys and an NPC has been very difficult, some would say. But Happy, even in his short little time, like, kind of hit all the right buttons and seeing the moment when also I knew that I had made the encounter too tough for you guys, especially the way you were rolling that day and how at the moment you weren't working at all as a team. So having to kill off Hathi in the short time, I wanted to keep Hathi around for a while. Hathi was actually meant to help you get off the island and was in some ways going to be your inside man on Vicious's forces. As he said, he didn't really like how Vicious did anything and was kind of pissed off, but that was not to be. And Hathi had to die to kill off the Machamp slash Goro four-armed creature that I had created who was going to kill all of you in the next two to three turns without question. And yeah, I think playing Hathi would be my favorite NPC. My favorite voice to do, without question, is Wiley. I, I love doing the slight German accent, and I definitely play him off. And this is this is my inspiration for his character, kind of, in a swearage way. It's Wolfgang Puck. Like, his almost, like, chaotic, like, happiness, but also there's that... Wolfgang Puck's a scary fucking dude. Like, there is that... He seems like a nice guy, but you know, just under that surface, there is a boiling river of magma that will burst out and burn you to death if you fuck around and that's just and i love doing the slight german accent so i have a lot of fun with wiley i love wolfgang park he's one of my heroes (gasps) yeah and massive spoiler warning watching caitlin's descent into madness and realizing (laughs) what was happening and the fact that it's been on the map since i gave you the map all the way back when I've had the map this whole time as well. Yeah. If no you'd answered Bolton them. for the NPC question, I would have flown over there and slapped you. No. Bolton's fun, though. Hmm. Um, it's easy to... My trademark sort of question about what's been the most chaotic thing for you from us... The most chaotic thing from all of you. I do think that, and I guess it's who you are, Willis, is the buddy cop stuff between you and Virian. 
when you were just trying to figure out what the expression even meant before you even went to the library and the fact that once again i i gave you a map i gave you a full map i said you mr willis as being detective wyatt stanton and living in ganymede for 500 years can know anything you want about anything on the map you've been here 500 years i'll answer any of your questions i give you a title and you guys go hmm this might be religious this could possibly be a religious phrase and you go oh pull out the map let us look on this map and say where can we go to figure out if this is a said religious phrase should we go to the giant mega church that is clearly labeled and also in the scope of the world basically right across the street from said police station so the character would have seen it one billion thousand times in their time in Ganymede. No, 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 no. Let's go to the Wizmart, folks. Let's go to Chad's knockoff version of Walmart. And let's mess with the smiley golems. Chaos ensued, and it ended with, once again, we talked about it a billion times, but I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard at being a DM is with Matt's character's face deep, deep into an old lady's cleavage and just getting to yell in an old lady voice, good sir, get your face from my boobs now, is something that I think about whenever I'm in a bad mood and it just puts a smile on my face. Well, it's never going to be a lie to forget this, by the way. No. I left them alone for two weeks. Okay, two weeks. the episode... The episode that I'm pretty sure there was a silence, and I'm just like, Matt, Matt, we can't read. <laughs> it was right there on the map. And I took a second look at it. Yeah, the, the only thing is, is that why is this Martha detective and Matt is very stupid? Oh dear. Yeah. I, I, absolutely, a motorboating scene for me is definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for that. But I leaned into it at least. I leaned into it. The chest and the, and the part for that matter. Someone else talk. I had another question, but I'll circle back to that one in a minute because to use Alex's phrase, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase it. My fellow question for now. We in our group constantly make jokes about how Ulfarm's going to run forever. How many more years do you reckon it'll run for? And I'm not saying that because I want to know when it ends, because bluntly it's my favourite of all the campaigns, so I'm happy to play it for as long as it goes, but... Well, I'll put it this way. I know where Ulfam ends is the best way. I know what the final piece of this puzzle is. Now, how we get there is the question. And I always... my story structure for plotting campaigns isn't a linear line in any sense of the word the best way i can always put that my story structure is is you're all in a giant sphere and the edges of this sphere are the plot are the end goals of whatever is happening that no matter what these dominoes have already been dropped this is unavoidable but the time that it takes for this sphere to close in or for you as characters to move from whatever point you are inside this massive sphere to the actual outside to reach it 
is all up to you. And so to say where Ulfam is, Ulfam up until I would say the aquarium would be the prelude to anything. Everything after the aquarium has been arc one. This is your first major thing that is happening in Ulfam. If I were to try and say how many arcs there would be in Ulfam, I would say there's at least six arcs. So you've only made it through the preamble and are now into arc one. Am I gonna have to die once for every arc? Because that seems to be the way this is going. I would hope not, but I make no promises. But so yeah. for how many years Ulfam could run? I mean, technically, I would say, how many episodes did we do in three years for you there, Willis? Episodes? I don't know. I'm not sure, to be fair. Um, I I think by the end of Eden Noise, once, once it's all things being edited and out there, we are looking at around about 70, 80 episodes. Well, we started Ulfam pretty quick uh, into our D and J lives of being a group. I would say Wolfam has at least another three years in it. So it's at least three years then. Three of us look happy, one of us looks terrified. Who looks terrified? Alex. <laughs> no, why you got that choice from that? It was when you were just, just staring at the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. I mean, I'm terrified for Varian's mental health and safety, but <laughs> you keep giving Chad guns. Loaded but one. But it's fun. I'm excited to become one of those wizards who has more spells and sense. That's my that's my one single goal at the moment as a player. My favorite thing about, or the, I constantly go back and forth on, and you asked me earlier what my biggest regret was. I go back and forth on my storytelling approach because in general I am, that's why I say Ulfan could go on for forever. I'm a huge fan of long form storytelling where I've planted seeds that were in the prelude that in a lot of respects probably won't come up till a campaign or an arc or two down the way where they have no relevance in this scope. I mean, they're still there and they're still, you know, churning in the background, but they have no actual use or relevance to your guys's lives until further down the line. And I constantly go back and forth because I am jealous of the fact all four of you are starting a new campaign in a lot of ways, because there are so many ideas that I have that I would love to do and to do more short form campaigns, like how Dimension 20 does, where it's, you know, probably, you know, a 50 hour campaign. So it's, you know, less than six months, you know, you just 
bang out a campaign and then you start fresh and you, you know, just do it all over again. And in some ways I, I kind of thirst for doing something like that because I have so many different things that I want to do, but I also kind of hate that because then you can't have the lore. You can't have the deep budding like lore that is built deep down in the foundations. And like, I will say right now, way back when, when you were on Isla Diablo, the mural that you all only saw for a brief second, there's so much that could be ascertained from that mural. And there's so many relevant things to the deep foundations of what Wolfham is. But at that point, it didn't matter to any of you. You don't, you didn't have the time. You didn't have the breadth of knowledge to even check for things to, you know, try and figure something out. But it's just with a short form campaign, I would have had to have hammered that. I would have had to have brought it all up. That's all we could have talked about. Like it would have been such a huge point, but I also want to change everything. I want to, I want to burn it all to the ground and I want to start anew. I think I have a problem folks. This might be my cry for help. But probably not. So I'm fine. I'm fine, everyone. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Everyone here at D&J is perfectly fine. Ignore the screaming in the background. Ignore okay. the glazed looks in everyone's eyes. It's okay, Zoom filters are screaming out. And we're a podcast, so you can't see the knife pointed at the back of our necks. I've got, I've got one. Um... Because, obviously, as I've said in the past, I did not know nearly as much back when we started this campaign as I do now, playing and DMing. So, honestly, getting rid of Zorin was probably one of my biggest regrets. But if Zorin and LB were still around, what route would have happened? What route would have taken place because i'm assuming the aquarium stuff still would have happened but because i assume you still would have gone to the island and stuff but what would have happened after all that how would it have differed i'm going to be completely honest with you the major determining linchpin and unfortunately they don't play with us anymore but was a choice that tam made after the isla diablo incident was when a domino was pushed over that couldn't be as it's a sketch you can't unsketch on an etch a sketch. There was no going back once Tam went to Wiley's and Wiley saw the power that this random individual had. And they went to there to get that bottle made indestructible, which Wiley happily did for them. But in doing so, the interest was piqued of said Wiley, and thus everything has progressed as it was. So even if LB and Zorin were still around, the, the Taminator would still be going. Now, with Zorin and LB being around, would things might have gone different? at said aquarium with Zorin, at least it might've that uh, having a barbarian in the group would have helped significantly in that fight. And then after that, with having a cleric who I might've said, you know, 
they understand languages, you could have had that. And also, you never would have lost uh, one of your party members to another dimension. So the entire Cazador thing would have never have happened, as I don't believe you would have been banishing anything in the basement. Zoran would have just stayed there and punched a living shit out of it until he killed it. In that scenario. So the hospital would have been much different. So I guess I lied. A lot of things would be different. While also being steadily the same. We've all Speaking been the same. Speaking of Wily. Yeah. Speaking of Wily. And heavy spoilers, people. Because I'm about to mention something. How... I'm assuming it was the fact that I got triggered into death saves during that fight that we, the illusion broke, as it were. How long feasibly could that have kept up? Considering we had pieces between Avery and Damien, there was enough there that it would have been put together. The... I feel like there's some things that would have come up here once you got back into Ganymede that I think would have triggered the realization from either yourself or from Avery that something was completely amiss. So the reveal of Damien being not really Damien, once again, heavy spoilers, that... It couldn't have come in a better way. I was actually most excited by the fact that you were triggered into death saves. And that is what caused the illusion to drop even for that. But I also had a wonderful idea that at one point, Damien was just going to, to give you all a you know peek behind the curtain. There was a fight that probably would have happened inside of the streets of Ganymede had Damien still not been Damien as Wiley would have triggered some of the doppelgangers who are in the streets to attempt to take out the other two of you and also to capture Virian to also replace him. But since the bot was already discovered that that plot was released completely into the wind as he no longer had that opportunity to instill chaos and then quietly abduct Virian and replace him as well. So it was going to be coming to an end pretty soon, depending on when you actually got back to the streets of Ganymede, but that was where the reveal was going to happen originally. Very weird thinking that this whole thing came about because I went, I had to move flat and had no Wi-Fi for two weeks, so Damien was on a separate mission. Oh, and it was always going to be the, one of you was going one to be replaced. Yeah, it was either going to be Virian or Damien. That was always the plan, as also in surviving the aquarium, you were also scanned at that time. Varian's kind of got a whole other thing going on at the moment. Yeah, Varian's got his own problems. 
Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last year or not. I've forgotten for a long time. Um, I'm aware of how much meta and otherwise I can rip the piss out of by Caitlin for having Wyatt be a Power Ranger. Um, but do you secretly love it, Chad? Oh, I, I loved it from the beginning, and I don't think I've made it a secret at all that I love it. I've I've made mocking tones about it, but letting you have basically whatever you want with that class and figuring out also how to limit you with it has been one of my favorite adventures in DMing and the challenge that it presents itself. As I've basically allowed you in some ways to be the chameleon of DMing, D and D, as I'm like, you're have access to almost infinite options of what you want to do with the scope of what the Power Rangers are. As the Power Rangers themselves have basically jumped the shark and done every fucking iteration that they humanly could of anything. So thus, your pool to pull from is infinite, and thus my challenge of letting you do this and also nerfing the fuck out of it and making you struggle is just a blast. So no, I, I outwardly and have always loved it. I don't think I've, and if I have made that unclear, I oh, fucking love no. the Power Rangers. I have yeah. great memories of watching Power Rangers all through my childhood and I won't lie all through my adulthood. So, you know, yeah. what you going to do? Yeah. Uh, it's free on YouTube now to watch as well. It's even better. Um, <laughs> the whole series. Um, I know a lot of people probably think Wyatt is OP because of the amount of shit he can do. He's also a glass cannon. As we were with two rounds, he was down in the Damien reveal fight. Spoilers, of course, but yeah, he wasn't alive for long. <laughs> Which was, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, all the power, uh, yeah. Basically, think of a bodybuilder, but on steroids. You get you get the um, stereotype bad guy, basically. I just love that you guys both decided to turn into the dinosaur the same episode. Without <laughs> talking to either of yourselves, or either no. of you, about it. It's just, guys, so simpatico. You're both like, yeah, it's dinosaur fight day. The juxtaposition of that fucking episode. Where it's just... To it, Matt. It's just the dinosaur boys, and then I'm fucking dying, and there's just a dinosaur in the background because they haven't shifted back, and I'm like, I'm dying here. Sad. Can you not be a meme for five seconds? That's amazing because we hadn't discussed it, and Alex is in the T Rex, and I'm there with a bloody ant dinosaur. The sole reason I took Polymorph. I liked that episode. There was two T-Rexes. Damien was dying, and Varen's like, I have a peacock. <laughs> His name is Andrealthus. He's brilliant. I, I love him. Is that what you named your um is that what you named your um peacock? Yes. Um, yeah. Because awesome. of my hyperfixations, I must call all blue peacocks Andrealthus. Good to know. <laughs> I I won't lie, for once again, spoilers. Just Sending both Carrie and Matt the message of what they saw without telling Caitlin at all what I had sent to them. Just and watching your two reactions and then trying to react to said message was just 
spot on chef's kiss. That wasn't terrifying at all to receive out of nowhere. Yeah, processing that was real life and otherwise, for sure. Looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that sure was something. <laughs> Don't worry, whenever the edit actually goes out, I will have that inserted into there to be read. But we don't need to do that much of a spoiler right now. No. It was like a solid like three hours afterwards where Kerry and I were just going back and forth with all these little tidbits we'd picked up along the way going oh my god basically episode ended slam the notes notebooks down and start comparing <laughs> I took a lot of notes well you were this close to having a board up covered in red string because I think a lot of the time especially when it was Avery and Wyatt's segments we were just going back and forth like what about this what about this what about this Write that down. I can tell you right now, without question, my favorite thing about Wolf Farm has been the fact that I put it right in front of your faces the whole time that Damien was a doppelganger. And I, I even had Bart just, that was all he said over and over. It might have been backwards, but I even spelled it out for you. And I thought my goose was cooked. I really did once you worked out that it was doppelganger, but still. Just like uh, the, what is it, the Edgar Allan Poe with putting the letter on the mantle. You just never looked what was right in front of you. I think we were fixating on just the wrong detail out of everything. Is that the reason why Damien survived the plane shift? Uh, well, that's... And Bart didn't. Oh, well, no, the reason that Bart was so damaged is pulling what was Damien through the plane shift as Damien was also connected remotely to something else. So the fact of competing signatures, if you're going on a quantum level, basically the quantum entanglement didn't match up and there was too many things going on and Bart's being the only source of said magic took all of the brunt of it. Because neither Damien nor Damien had an anchor. Why are you rubbing your hands, Matthew? I hated Bart. I hated Bart. How can you hate Bart? I hate Bart so much. He <laughs> infuriates me. Right. He's so smarmy. But I just... That's one of the best things about him. Yeah, I know, but when I listen to it, when I listen to it I'm listening as a listener. And I'm like, my God, I hate him so much. I love it. But Chad does such a good job of making him. I now despise the character. I mean, I know way. there's a whole thing about characters that you love to hate, but how could you genuinely hate Bars? Even after everything he's done, I guess? I as, don't think yeah, I could bring myself as to Caitlin, hate him. I love Bart. As Damien, I despise Bart because he literally has a button to fucking torture the guy. Very in here, just never truly had any hard feelings toward Bart. Well, Bart, inadvertently... What was that? <laughs> Bart is sick because of Bart. That is a way to look at it. Fun fact, I didn't actually make Bart. Diesel created Bart. 
when I made him create a character on a random episode of BFTR 2.0. I was like, I, I wanted to uh, make something up. Like he doesn't, he knew nothing about D and D. That's why his name is Bart Trav, which you haven't realized that we talked about. Bart Trav is just Bart Bart, but Trav is Bart backwards. But yes, I didn't actually make up the character. I I did everything about the actual character itself, but the actual fact that he's a tiefling, had stubs for horns to begin with, was a puke green color, and everything else about him was all created by Diesel. That's pretty cool. That's why people should listen to this, so they can get information like this. That's a tip. That, that, that's from you, that Diesel. You have to. You really... no, there you go. You can blame Diesel for everything. I've... Everything Bart's ever done no. to you. It's actually not my fault. I didn't. I didn't do I it. I still blame you, Chad. I still you. blame you. You made Wiley. Good old yeah. Robo Santa. <laughs> Fucking Robo Santa ass. <laughs> uh, that reveal happened like. I think it was like a week and a half before we went to EGX this year. Which just meant like half of EGX when we all met up was just like someone doing a shit German accent and me just kind of wheeling around and being like fucking Robo Santa. <laughs> we played a game of Jumanji in the tabletop area and every time someone had to hold up the viewfinder thing because it was red, you had to hold it in front of your face and say it in the best slash worst German accent you could. Mine always turned more Russian because I can't do German accents. Occasionally, it veered off into Indian, which was weird. My world style, it's fine. I can see that. It starts outside Swansea and ends up just outside outside Bangladesh. How the fuck did you go from Swansea to Bangladesh? I can see where Matt's coming from with that, though. That's just how Uh, bad my accents are. Of the four of us who are playing with it, I think Caitlin's German accent was the best. Probably followed by Alex's. Oh, yours was better. Alex, mine was Russian. It was not German. It was still better. I, I can't do German accents. Your Russian was great. <laughs> Thank you. I spent several years doing a semi-Russian accent whilst playing a barbarian null. Friend will be missed. <laughs> Shall we do people's favourite moment things from All Farm this year then? Favourite thing for me from All Farm this year? Well, it's it's my favourite. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to say no. It's where it's where I got knives killed. Please elaborate before <laughs> you get stabbed by four different members of the Zoom call. The reason why I I loved it so much was because Wyatt genuinely despises knives. And you know from his penis measuring contest with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes. But the problem is that it was a happy coincidence what happened. Matt panicked and said the wrong thing. However, it's the sort of thing Wyatt would have done because anyone but Virion in that situation, he was giving more at Virion and he pointed at knives. You could have pointed... Sorry, Chad. 
Oh no, I, I will just say that of all of my NPCs that I've created, Knives is my favorite. And <laughs> like Knives was actually going to basically be like my DMPC was going to hang out with the party for the going forward. And then, and then you killed him. And, and the fact that it had to happen, I, I was a little saddened by it. I was, I was like, oh. You could have pointed anywhere. And Yukas probably would have believed you. And yet you're like, that guy makes me particularly angry. Kill him. Well, I, in my head at the time, in the case of he's clearly got heightened hearing. If I point in the direction where there is sound coming from, he might believe it more. If I did. Ten foot to the left of knives. Yes. The thing was fucking blind. There's the difference between I hear a noise off to the left and here are the exact coordinates for an airstrike. <laughs> Which is what you fucking went for. I love the fact that Kerry, Caitlin, and, and then Alex all face palm at the same time. Answer. But it's true. I, I, mean, it's I, mean, true. I maintain the fact that if Yukus didn't track things by sound, Virin would have given Wyatt the most vicious backhand slap he's ever received in his life. I mean... With his ring hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight... Matt would not have done that. But unfortunately, it's what it is. That can't be undone. Right, Chad? Right. Yeah. You, you killed knives. Mm. But, right. you know, it's all right. I have his brother, Bash. Yeah, thank God his brother can't read minds or see lost memories or anything like that. It's oh, a good wait. thing no one else in the party saw what happened. Why about you drink, Miriam? <laughs> you be quiet. Miriam doesn't drink. Not much, anyway. What about else? Alex, we've interrupted you a lot. You go next. Ooh. From... From a fun perspective, being a T-Rex, from a the fun perspective, because I've never... I've never played such a fragile character. It then got to be so ridiculously strong in the next instant. And the fact that Chad let me jump over the water, despite the fact that scientifically I can't fucking jump at all because of his weight. Funnest RP moment was definitely when um, shit started to get hairy between Cazador and um, Avery when it changed from the game to like those twisted visions one thing I wanted to know actually while because it's just reminding me bring that up when I was trying to break down that arcane wall to see what was down that corridor was it possible for me to break that and what would have actually been down there it was in a odd sense, possible for you to break the wall, but the whole thing was happening inside your own head. So in you and breaking that wall would have actually hurt yourself because that was basically the limits of your memory. The arcane wall wasn't so much an arcane wall as it was the very fact that 
you didn't have a memory of that night or down that hallway that Casador could use to kind of create this bubble inside your head is the best way to put it. All those memories were all occurring inside your own head, but Casador was controlling them. Once again, kind of like a sphere of knowledge inside your head. You were in these little biomes of these memories and the edge of the memory was breakable, but it was your own memories and would have caused you serious damage. And down there, have you seen Inception? You'd have aged infinitely and just been lost to chaos and you'd have been on your fourth character of Escape from Wolfarm. I could have fucking broken that wall if I had my um, homebrew subclass. Not homebrew subclass. Um, yeah, homebrew subclass. But technically, I didn't break that now. Caitlin, do you want to go before me? Because I'm trying to stop choking to death at the moment. We're taking it in turns to choke to death. Uh, I mean, obviously, as a player, I've loved the whole revelations with the doppelganger and everything. I think my favorite moment, though, has to be Damien's breakdown at the pyramid when he was stood outside in the rain. Because Damien, this, we've been doing this for three years. And Damien has always been a bit of a wanker. He is entirely out for himself. He's out for survival. And he has good reasons for that. And we've had glimpses of it. For example, after the hospital, we saw his first death. And I've been writing terrible, terrible angst about that in my spare time because that's what I do. I write angst. Kerry and I have this in common. We put our faves through suffering through novels that exist now. <laughs> but the actual... I got to show something with Damien that he was he's not just anger. But he's not all these other positive emotions because he doesn't know what they are. It's like you're speaking French to him. And doing that after everything and before we realized the whole doppelganger thing as well. You're just kind of like, meh. Ah, my my heart hurts, and my boy is, my boy had just gone. I'm gonna try and be better and try and understand at least a little, even if I'm still a massive wanker. And then that was taken away from him, and now he's elsewhere, screaming. <laughs> I'm sure if you open your window tonight, you'll be able to hear him distantly, <laughs> going ah. Oh hey character development baby my favorite part and this honestly feels like a slightly bum answer because it might go on for a while was i'm gonna say at this moment it feels like a lot of Viren's problems are messes of his own making most of them are unintentional believe it or not but the moment that completely stunned me and this is a spoiler thing, was realising I played perfectly into whatever it was Taran was doing to capture Dantelion, Virion's patron. I was like, shit, I've played perfectly into his hands. Now, for a bit of context, when 
way, 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 way back when. I had no idea what I was doing with my now favorite character. Taran was just a name in the backstory. A lot of Taran's developments actually come from what Chadwick did with him on Isla Diablo. And everything else really came after that. As like I said in the first part of this, I've been writing a literal novel about Virion. It's currently on to 60,000 words. I've cut out sections that include Tyrant and sent them to Chad and then hassle him every couple of days, like if you read it yet. <laughs> because apparently that's what I do. It's good. But if you finished it, you... I still got one more story to go, but it's good. I'm not sure if I should be more afraid or not now. Occasionally I get yelled at by Caitlin for handing over too many knives. But honestly, any interaction with Taron has stood out to me, but it's particularly that one, because that was very much an oh shit moment for me. And part of me is annoyed that I feel like I didn't really do that good a job in how I responded to it, because I was honestly kind of stunned by the whole thing. But when I lamented this to Alex for like probably about the seventh time, he pointed out it was an in-character reaction. And I'm both excited and absolutely terrified to see where that goes from there. Hey, it didn't go on for as long as I thought it would. I will say I had two favorite episodes that I DM'd this year and I can tell you very easily both of them. And the two favorite episodes are, first of all, the first episode that when you all finally came back together after Damien had chosen to actually save all of you, which I was 100% not positive was going to happen. I was really wondering if I was going to have to either offer Wyatt and or Matt and Alex to create new characters again or if I was going to have to figure a way out how to actually get them back to the rest of the party, because the current situations they were in were both going to end very poorly had it not do sex machina out of there with Damien's help. But that episode with you all just coming back together and letting you all just freely RP for three to four hours where I did basically nothing. I just, sat back and would be one every once in a while. Oh yeah, you stand in a room with marble floors and walls on the side, or it's still raining outside and lightning is going off and just being able to sit back and watch you all just go was one of my favorite things I did all year. And then secondly, the episode with both the reveal that Taryn had taken Dantelion also coincided with all four of you going through terrible shit all in the same night, because that is also the night that Avery realized who had created the arm that he currently has on his body and knowing that he's fucked. Willis, AKA Wyatt had to deal with the revelation that these dreams are being caused by something and it ain't anything good and it was the first time he woke up with a purely black symbiote and it you know consumed him fully and this is still when damien didn't know that what was going on they were just in the white room without being able to move 
And once again, it sounds horrible to say, but just putting you all through that trauma and watching you all have to just watch each individual person have to deal with it without being able to do anything about it was as a DM, just such great character development for all of your characters and just watching you all like kind of sink for a moment because you know what, don't worry, you all sink, but I'm, I'm going to bring you back up eventually, hopefully, but just, it was definitely my other favorite episode that I DM'd all year. Regarding you, Kussel, I could took him. Okay, well, what? I could took him. Yeah, you could have, you'd have been a statue and why it would have been a forever display in the library of Ganymede. Nah, he probably would have actually smashed it because he'd been pissed off, but what? that's neither here nor there. One thing that I never got, um, and it may and it may be something down the line, I'm not sure, is those books and those specific books end up in Yukus's room. And how did he know which one was which? Uh the books he chose new readers. That's why all the statues were there. Oh, I'm seeing now. Okay. Those were all former captives, um, said Yukis. Okay. Terrifying. Okay. Glad I got to deal with him ever again. Also, fun fact, if you would have stopped outside of the area after you had dealt with the Black Knight, the answer that there was a beholder in the library could have been ascertained before you even entered the library. Because as a beholder, they have an environmental effect over a couple mile radius that random things can just appear, just illusions and things of that nature. But y'all got real creeped out and just ran off and charged into the library. Just another mistake to probably not learn anything from. Add it to the pile. <laughs> yeah, the pile seems to be growing at quite a terrifying rate. Yes. Mainly my problems as well. Mainly, many Max calls them as well. So. I think everyone in the party is guilty of some of it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the thing. No one... As much you can basically describe your character how you want, but no one's hands are completely clean, and that's just part of it. I did have one last question for everyone, if there's time. Of course. So make this is, And this is another group question. What are you all looking forward to, or hoping you can bring to the table in the next year? Keep mine nice and simple. Uh, more chaos. She's on a galactic scale. I am most looking forward to bringing a whole new crop of characters to all the new campaigns that we are going through because one of them, I mean, two of them technically have already debuted in some form or fashion, but the other two, the one that we have, I have for Caitlin's campaign and the one that I have in my head for Matt's campaign that I will send. Uh, I just, I'm really I'm very excited about my newest crop of ideas that are coming out. So some fresh and new characters is what I'm bringing to the table and I'm most excited for. And more cat butt. All the cat butt. It's not a day without I cat think, butt. 
I think I'm I think I'm on the same ball as Chad. Like I've got my ideas for um Meridian in it, but I did mention a lot of them in the previous the previous episode of this. But I think I'm in the same ballpark as I've I have all my characters now laid out for these new campaigns and I'm very excited with what I've come up with. Caitlin's is going to be fun. Matt's, is, I'm bringing something chaotic is all shit. Kerry's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. They're, they're, I'm just looking forward to all my characters. And obviously Avery's only getting more and more deeper as this campaign goes on. So it's definitely the characters for me. I think you're next, Caitlin. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you you realise that nodding at someone doesn't work when everyone's cameras are in different places on their Zoom windows. Great. So on my screen, you were just nodding off my laptop. I was just like, bye. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'm excited for future characters. I mean, Arja is my precious cinnamon roll and I will fight everyone. Carrie knows this. We've been going back and forth with wholesome and not-so-wholesome headcanons. Including Arja wearing a jellyfish hat they got from a trip to the aquarium. Jellyfish hat will be canon. Do not fight me on that. Because because Arja is like 15. (laughs) She is a minor. Yes, yes, bird boy. This will be a very interesting dynamic. But you have no I'm, idea. I've missed, I've missed DMing. I have because I haven't. It's been a basically a year since I ran a session of Dungeons and Dragons for the whole group because we wrapped up Arc Two. And like a session I was happy with. We wrapped up Arc 2 in January. And that was the end of that fight and that kind of tale. And the rest of the stuff I did was all solo bits and trio bits. Which works for Blades, but didn't really work for the kind of story I was telling. And I like my new world and it's... Probably something I'll do a lot of spin-off writing on, just from my own kind of novella brain. I like my new world, so it'll be interesting to see what you actually do in it, because it's a lot looser story-wise. And I know, maybe you're less likely to cause the end of the world and go hunting with a fucking crowbar. Ah, no. Zoom completely blocked that out, and I've never been more grateful. <laughs> All I got was like vape, like the sort of kissing noise you make at cats or birds. That's I all pro- I got from that. I promise nothing. Yes, I'm mildly terrified for when people send me their characters. Aha, here I am, the tail end of the list. Um, as you may have figured from the way people have been talking, when we're recording this, The Fall of Osha has actually ended. I am currently about 17 episodes, not sessions, episodes, 
behind in my editing because I just haven't had the mental energy for it lately. And without going too much into detail, especially the way it's ended, it's kind of killed my motivation to carry on editing it, but I will. But in January, we are, unfortunately for everyone else, starting my new campaign, which has been dubbed The Lights of Asatora. And I've actually recorded a few sort of episodes for it, which because of events of OSHA, I'm going to have to be very, very creative when I edit them. But um, it's something I've spent when I'm not drawing slash working on anything to do with my best boy. It's something I've been picking at largely at work. This is just a collection, I say holding up seven sheets of A4, of things I've been sneakily writing at work to do with my new campaign. Yeah. I think that's something I'm looking forward to bringing and whilst it's not directly related to campaigns I want to do more art stuff in regards to D&J for the next year because I seem to be making all these fantastic ideas and then never actually following any of them through again low mental energy is to blame for that but you can only use the same excuse for so long and I think I want to try and get better at voices I think my actual voice acting has improved over this past year, but my voices are all mid at best. Sorry, mine got a bit personal. <laughs> no need to apologize. You're killing it, kid. I did finger guns for all of you listeners out there. Oh, and I've been told I've got to stop apologizing for everything. Alex yells at me when I do. <laughs> I see you. I see that face. Mental health's a pain in the ass. Ayo, dab. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess at this point, uh, we should uh, thank everyone for listening to us um, um, talking about our favourite moments in Dungeons and Junkies and Blade in the Dark from Dyson Suffering and also. Um, it's hard to believe four campaigns are in the can. Uh, and we've got three new ones starting um, imminently. Uh, one is already underway. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a great 2023 for us. I've got, I've got a good feeling about this one, guys. Um, thank you to everybody um, for listening. And uh, I guess we're at it. Thank you to everybody who listened this year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, too. We're out of here. We're out. Peace. Goodbye. Goodbye.